Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan of the Fan Upstate, who hosts Offsides. Mark Ryan. Mark, let me first start off by saying this, my friend. Congratulations on 1,000 shows for you. An incredible accomplishment. Well-deserved, my friend. How you doing? 
Hey, Chris, you know what, buddy? They told us when we started, you might remember this, Chris, that we'll never last here. Remember that? They said, we'll never last here. You'll never make it. Your style doesn't work here. Well, Chris, we got show 1001 today. So we must be doing something <laughs> right, brother, right? How do the haters I love that. like how do the haters like them apples? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, we we got uh, we got a little bit of this action, Chris, for the haters, right? We got we got a little bit of that. So uh, so uh, we, we keep we keep rocking on, my friend. We keep rocking on. No, thank you, man. It was it was an unbelievable honor. I always wanted that in my career, Chris. You know, like I, I moved around quite a bit. Um, you know, happened to be in the crossfire of a couple things in my career, corporate transactions and mergers and whatnot. And so to be able to hit that, I remember having show 100 and thinking to myself, man, what are the odds that I'll get to a thousand? And I knew they weren't great because the average sports media job lasts 2.3 years, you know? So to get to a thousand, we've been here 4.6. Even if Chris had all ended tomorrow, they can't take that away from you. You know, we, we've had uh, we've had a lot of success here. You've had a lot of success. Um, so the haters can stick it where the sun don't shine. You know, <laughs> how about them apples? He says, Mark, again, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat with you. And like I said, well-deserved success on your end. Mark, let's start with the hot topic of conversation. The 2023 NBA draft, GG Jackson selected 45th overall and as you know, Mark, I've got a way of just about moving the needle with Gamecock fans and, for lack of a better way of putting it, pissing off Gamecock fans. But I, I mentioned this earlier, Mark, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. There are times where you have a take where you know it's a divisive topic and it's something that's going to be discussed and you know there's going to be a lot of banter, conversation back and forth, disagreement, if you will, which is why we say the beauty's in the banter and we love that type of discussion. There are other times where I'm sure – you have a take and you feel like it's just the no-brainer take. It, it just makes sense. Well, that's where I find myself. I gave a take last night that G.G. Jackson falling to 45th overall second round was a brutal look for Gamecocks basketball in Lamont Paris. And maybe I didn't do a good job of expanding on that because I didn't mean from the fact that I thought Lamont Paris did a good job in coaching. I think he did a good job in managing his attitude. I think he did as good a job as you could ask for. But from the recruiting side, when you think about the hype G.G. Jackson came in with, he was thought of as a lottery pick. He falls all the way to 45th. When the next G.G. Jackson rolls around the state of South Carolina, fairly or unfairly, that's going to be used against them in recruiting. And so it's a tough look in that degree. Doesn't mean Lamont Paris isn't the right guy for the job. Doesn't mean he's not going to have a lot of success. But at least in the short term on the recruiting side, I think it's a bit of a tough look to see the way that G.G. Jackson's draft stock tumbled. What are your thoughts? Am I missing the mark? I'll ask you, Mark. Ryan, turn it on you. Am I onsides or offsides with the G.G. Jackson take? You know what, uh, Chris? I'll tell you this, my friend. Um, my buddy, uh, Aaron Torres from Fox Sports, who's a college national college basketball analyst, said, said to me in March, he said, it's a shame what has happened to G.G. Jackson um, at South Carolina. He said, had he just had he not reclassified um, he would have been a top five pick next year. Now he's going to get lost. And I screenshotted that yesterday. And I said, Aaron, that's it. I said in March, I said, man, interesting takes because at the time he was telling me in March, he's going to get lost. Remember in March, Chris, he was still a projected lottery pick, 
right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to get lost as, as a lottery pick. Lose me that way, please. You know what I mean? But, but uh, in the end, he was exactly right. I do not blame Lamont Paris for this. Chris, you said it's going to be used against him in recruiting. Chris, previous tweets from you, you and I are used against us all the time. Look at us. <laughs> We've never been bigger. We've never been better. You know what I'm saying? Things are used. Haters use everything against you that they possibly can. But the fact that Gigi Jackson chose South Carolina, I think the sad case of Gigi Jackson is a cautionary tale for any kid to surround yourself around the right people because his old, his whole modus operandi was get to the NBA, get to the NBA, get to the NBA. And in so doing, he got to the NBA, but way before he should have been uh, with a bunch of people in his ear telling him how great he is. And all of the rap sheet on Gigi Jackson, I mean, I've read about this. The effort stinks. The body language stinks, right? Um, I feel bad for what South Carolina had to put up with with this guy. You think there wasn't talking going on in the Gamecocks locker room, having to put up with that prima donna attitude, knowing that the only reason was that he was there was to get to the NBA faster, right? He wanted to go to North Carolina, committed to North Carolina. North Carolina couldn't take him once he reclassified. So I, I, I look at this, Chris, I don't hold it against Lamont Paris. You know, I think L Lamont Paris was handled, handled something that wasn't chicken salad and asked to make chicken salad out of it. And, um, and so here we are, Chris. You know, he, it's a guy that um, has a ton of ability. Like all the raw tools are there, right? You've got all the raw ingredients to make a five-star meal, but you have a chef who doesn't know how to cook. And, uh, and that's, that's the problem with Gigi Jackson right now. Raw athleticism, all of that stuff is there, but it looks like a little bit of a mess with Gigi and boy, if he could rewind his life a couple years and do some things differently, uh, make some better decisions, grow up a little bit, have some different people around him, Chris, um, we might be talking about a totally different story. It's not to say that it can't work out for him, Chris, but it's, it's obviously like he's going in the back door, not the front door. Right. Hmm. And yeah, I think that's a great point, Mark, that you make is that, you know, it's it's not that the Gigi Jackson experience at South Carolina like wasn't a success and that they can't hang their hat on the fact that in year one of Lamont Paris, they sent a guy to the NBA draft. I mean, that's a net positive overall, no matter what the hype was, where he was projected to go. I just think the Gigi Jackson experience in Columbia had many, many more ups and downs than maybe we were all expecting. And at the end of the day, did it go the way, did it meet expectations? Did it go the way we were all hoping that it would? I don't know that I can sit here, Mark, and confidently say that the GG Jackson experience was maybe what I thought it was going to be. Fair, unfair, whatever, but I, I'm pulling for the kid. I hope the best. I mean, he's like you mentioned, he's got all the talent, athleticism, ability in the world. If he can surround himself with the right people, there's no reason why he can't be a big-time NBA player. And he said it last night, Mark, that he's going to wear South Carolina on his back. So if in a couple of years you can tout, hey, Gigi Jackson's our guy, he's in the league, that's going to be a major win for Lamont Paris and company. So don't worry about what the haters or what the other teams are going to use against you in recruiting. Hey, he went there. Yeah, it was year one of a new coaching staff. You know, everyone knew Gigi Jackson was just buying time to get to the NBA. You know, how did, how did anyone think that was going to work last year with South Carolina? Um, you know, I'm, it's amazing that Lamont Paris kept the train on the tracks as much as he did, right? You had a bunch of guys scrapping and clawing to get a chance, 
and kind of a little bit of a prima donna five-star player um, acting like, hey, counting down the days until he can declare for the NBA draft. That is a disaster, Chris. That's a disaster. So I don't blame Lamont Paris for that. I think Gigi Jackson is a young kid that needs to grow up, needs to mature, needs to have someone giving him some real talk in his life. But he got that humble pie last night. He ate that humble pie. He ate that humble pie during the draft process when he got his ass, ass kicked left and right, right? I don't think this is a bad reflection on, on South Carolina basketball. And I'd have done the same thing in taking Gigi Jackson on if I was uh, Lamont Paris. So, Mark, I want to move to this. You know, I think what's so interesting about you specifically, there are just people out there and entities that move the needle, for better or for worse, what have you. And I, I go back to a conversation that you and I had on Monday. And as we, you and I both know, this is a huge recruiting weekend for South Carolina. You've got guys like Daniel Hill on campus, Dylan Stewart on campus, Jonathan Paler on campus, as well as all your current commits for 2024. And that is by design, right, to make Dylan Stewart, those guys, feel comfortable. These are your future teammates, what have you. But you and I you and I talked on Monday, Mark. And, of course, as you do, you guys throw out podcast segments, and which I appreciate you doing, by the way, because I love the ability to share the content, share our segments together. Thank you for doing you. so. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you guys share the tweet. Shane Beaver and South Carolina Recruiting were on fire in April, but the Gamecocks haven't received a commitment from a blue-chip recruit in almost two months. Is there a cause for concern, or are big things on the horizon? At the Spurs Up Show Answers. And I'm sure you get a kick out of this, too. What is so funny, the people that reply in outrage that you know for a fact did not tune into the segment. You just, for a fact, they didn't. Because if they did, because I'm like, all right, I'm ready for it. I'm bracing myself. Because if anybody comes at me, I'm going to know for a fact you didn't listen. Because what did I say on your show, Mark? I think South Carolina's fine. They got blue chip guys. You know, it's recruiting goes in cycles, whatever, right? It goes in waves of when guys commit. South Carolina is in great position with a couple of these blue chip guys that are in the pipeline. So I was ready. But I just, I, you know, I don't really even know if I have a question for you, Mark, but I just, I wanted to bring it to light because since Monday, like, dude, that tweet, I'm looking at it right now, 55.8 thousand views on that tweet, which it puts a smile on your face. You love it. That's the oh, end goal, engagement. The beauty's in the banter. Right. It's just right. wild to me how, like, how that tends to happen, it feels like, on a weekly basis for you and I. It's wild. Chris, Chris, I got it. So so I do have a comment on this. And then, Chris, I actually have some uh, interesting content to share with you and your listeners today. Okay? okay. So uh, I don't, you know, you run the interview, right? I appreciate that. But if you don't mind. Open-ended conversation. Open-ended right, conversation. That's the beauty so, of it. So it's amazing to me, Chris. It's like I feel like people have forgotten how to read, honestly. You know, so let's go through this. Let, Chris, I mean, let's go through this message one by one. Right. You know, Chris, I had an idiot that said on that, that he's standing outside of my house with a gun from that tweet. Can you believe that? Right. I, like I had yeah. somebody say, I'm standing outside of your house with a gun. Oh, I did. I actually did see that. Yeah. And I, and I had it. somebody say, uh, you, you know, you're terrible at your job. You know, Mark hates South Carolina. Let's go through this tweet. Okay. Shane Beamer and South Carolina recruiting were on fire in April. That's a true statement, right? That's true. That is a true statement. Uh, but the Gamecocks haven't received a commitment from a blue chip recruit in almost two months. That is also a true statement, right? <laughs> it's factual, okay? yes. Okay. So is there a cause for concern or are big things on the horizon? This is a question 
This is not a statement. One of half of the question presents, is this a cause for concern? Because the Gamecocks were at number three to number five in recruiting. And now they're back down to really where they were under Muschamp, right? Is that a cause for concern? Or is this huge recruiting weekend going to send them right back up, up above Clemson? You are asking a question. Chris, is it not fair to say that people have just forgotten how to read? Like, I, I mean, you tell me, man, what am I missing here? How is that an offensive thing to be saying? You know what I mean? Like, how is that something to jump all over? We ask a question, it's up to folks to answer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got, you're waiting outside for me with a gun. You know, you're terrible at your job. You're, I'm busy um, doing a sexual favor for Dabo Sweeney. Like, I mean, like, what? You know, like, Chris, seriously, what people have forgotten how to read, man. I, I, like, I don't understand where the offensive statement is in that tweet. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I, I'll say you this. You, you don't go to Twitter or social media in general for critical thinking skills, I will say most of them, especially Twitter, especially Twitter. And also, I'll say, I, I think there are some people, Mark, that they want to be outraged. I, I just, I believe that. I think there's some people that it fuels them, it fires them up. They like being fired up in that way. And I've just, I've told you before, man, we could go on a whole, we could just do a whole show on social media and the dynamic of it. I've just fully embraced the madhouse of Twitter. I, I, I just fully expect, my expectations for Twitter are zero. So when you see some of the, some of the nonsense that goes throughout your timeline, I, I just, I, I expect nothing less. I expect nothing I gotta, less. I want to share but, one more yeah. with you here, Chris. One more yeah. on the yeah. other, on the other side of the rivalry. Okay. Yeah. So Jake Crane, uh, did he come on today? Jake Crane? So, actually, he did not. He had some things busy with Crane & Company. We you. talked this morning and did a little bit of an Auburn preview, but uh, oh, cool, not, cool. did not come on the airwaves. Gotcha. No. So, so, Jake Crane said yesterday, he said, people believing Southerners aren't smart is a Southerner's greatest weapon if you use it correctly, right? And I quote tweeted that, and I said, Dabo has done exactly that to perfection with the whole Roy bus and all shucks, we're little old Clemson, and, you know, just acts like we're lucky to be here and then whoops your ass, Right. Like Dabo's done that to perfection. I have a Clemson fan who responded to that tweet and said the following. Dabo believes in the Lord. So do I. So do I. OK. Dabo believes in the Lord and would not bear false witness. He is the man he says he is. Are you calling Dabo stupid? That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, Chris, it's like, you know, it, it, it really I, I wish you guys could just live in our mentions for a day and just see what the, the kind of things that uh that Chris and I get um, because like half of it is just pure and utter nonsense. You know, half of the people turn a compliment into hate and, and you know, the certain people you, you know, Chris, I've, I've talked to you about the bottom 10% of Gamecock fans before the bottom 10% of Gamecock fans take a perfectly neutral tweet about Shane Beamer that has positive, negative, positive, negative, Right. And they make it, you suck at your job. I'm out of your house with a gun. Like, what? You know, what? So anyway, man, you ready for this content? I got some content for yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I want you to tell me how you splice this, okay? I was reading, Chris, um, the most recent blue chip ratio article from Bud Elliott, okay? And I want you, I want you guys listening to tell me how you take this excerpt from the article. 
The days of discussing whether teams like South Carolina, Ole Miss, Michigan State, or TCU can make a jump into the upper tier of talents have been somewhat shelved. Those teams were winning a lot and scoring some wins against the college football Goliaths in the early and mid-2010s, which left us to wonder if they could turn wins into a few more elite recruits. But for a variety of reasons, it didn't happen. And further, not many schools have stepped up to take their places. It stands to reason that the very best of schools that are filling the bottom of their classes with elite players, schools like Georgia and Alabama, means the third-tier schools are not able to get as many. I read that as he's saying South Carolina is third-tier because the very group of schools that he mm. just listed included South Carolina, right? right. So we can deduce, right, yeah. um, using our reading comprehension school skills, that he is calling South Carolina a third-tier school. What was interesting to me is he is saying, you know, forget South Carolina ever winning a national championship, same with Ole Miss, same with Michigan State, same with TCU. But I don't think Bud Elliott has done the research on Gamecock recruiting that I've done, Chris. So here I can tell you the following. The blue chip ratio for the Gamecocks, remember, you got to be 50. The blue chip ratio means that the only teams that ever win a national championship have at least 50% of their recruits as four and five star players over a four year cycle. Okay. So to win the national championship, you got to be at that number. It doesn't guarantee you're going to win, but if you're not at that number, it guarantees that you won't. It's a mm -hmm. prerequisite to winning the national championship. Under Will Muschamp, the Gamecocks blue chip ratio was 24%. Under Shane Beamer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Gamecocks blue chip ratio is 33%. And Chris, if you were to say, okay, Mark, take out 2020 and add 2024. So let's look at what it would be for next year. 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. It would be 39%. If you add in that this year's class is what, eight for 11 so far? Mm -hmm. yep. Then if you look ahead a, a year from now, Chris, to 2025, when that really bad year one for Beamer, his first year, which you don't hold against him, he had no blue chips and 13 total commitments. When that drops off, then you're really talking. So I don't like I love that article and I really am a fan of Bud Elliott, but I don't know that he's done the legwork on South Carolina recruiting that I just shared with you because Will Muschamp was at 24 percent. Shane Beamer's at 33 percent. 
And if you factor in the 2024 class, he'd be at 39%. Mm. So who are we to say that that South Carolina can't get to a 50% blue chip ratio? Mm. He's eight for 11 this year. Mm. So it's just, you know, I was reading that excerpt. The days of discussing whether South Carolina can make a jump into the upper tier have been shelved. Uh, stands to reason, blah, 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 that uh, means the third tier schools are not able to get as many. Yeah. They're getting them. They're yeah. getting there. You just got to wait a couple of years for, for the bad classes to churn out and for the best classes to churn in. And I mm. think it's going to be fascinating, man, to see Beamer try to get to that number because it's like Chris, he's recruiting like he's aware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that article. I think Bud Elliott was certainly lumping South Carolina into that group, like you mentioned, of the third tier programs. I mean, just use context clues and realize what he was saying. Uh, I want to just point this out real quick, Mark, because my guy Dalton Hines says in the comments, obviously, uh, let's see, he says last year TCU made it the national title game with a blue chip ratio way below 50%. Dalton's not wrong, but they also got run off the field 65 to 7. So the point was a team that has won the national title has never been below that 50%, which is why it's intriguing. Florida State is going to try to do just that. And I actually heard you guys talking to your show earlier this week about teams below 50% with elite quarterbacks, Florida State being one, Tennessee being another, Washington, I think you mentioned as well. So, no, I mean, it, it is, Mark, going to be really interesting. And I think uh, not to turn this conversation to the Florida Gators, for example, but I almost look at college football coaching. Like, I almost think, especially early on, right, like as long as you're recruiting at a high level, like the first four or five years, you want to win games. We're talking about the importance of year three. It's pivotal for sure. Like you have to win on the field. But – the goal in the first five years, Mark, in my opinion, is to build a roster, like to build a program. The way you build a championship program, that culture stuff's great. Love your brother's great. Above all else, that's great. But the way you build a culture is getting a lot of really, really good football players, building depth, and setting yourself up to win at a high level. Again, it's a chicken or the egg conversation. Which comes first, Mark? Do guys like Nicholas Harbor committing to your school come first? Or do you have to win some games, eight, nine, say, whatever? Do you have to do that first to attract the big-time recruits? I think Shane Beamer and company have done a really good job the first two years. They've had that perfect balance where they're recruiting at a high level. You really think beating Tennessee and Clemson last year didn't help sway Nick Harbor's decision? I mean, he now looks at the program and says, they won eight games in year two. They're a program on the rise. I can go there and be sort of that missing piece and go win eight again, go win nine. My sophomore year, my junior year, we're competing for the SEC title. Like, there's a balance there, but not to, again, turn the conversation on Florida. Like, I look at Billy Napier. He's recruiting his tail off. The question with him is, are they going to give him enough time to stack three or four of those classes and build an elite roster? Because obviously we know, Mark, you've talked about it before, the wins probably aren't going to come early on. So I think it's a balancing act, but to your point, I mean, I love how Bud Elliott has turned it into a thing, and we love statistics, right? We love stats that back up opinion or back up fact, whatever. But, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer thing, right? The teams with the most good players win ballgames. That's what it comes down to. You need more good ones than not good ones to win at a high level. Well, 100%. And next in line, Chris, on that, and to your point, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the culture of the players, the players of the culture? I think the best coaches, and I think Beamer's doing this, Chris, do them simultaneously. You try to recruit. You see where you are at recruiting. Year one, Beamer's like, crap, none of the four and five stars are taking calls from us. You change some things. You surprise some people. 
you overachieve with what you have, right? Because Chris, ultimately that's how any program becomes elite. At some point they have to win with less talent. Beamer in the first two years, we all agreed did the most he could have possibly done in year one, did the most he could have possibly done in year two, right? So he is overachieving with lesser talent. Now, where is he in the blue chip ratio relative to anyone else? There are 16 teams who made the cut this year, right? 17th was Tennessee at 46%. 18th was um, North Carolina at 41%, okay? 19th is Florida State at 39%, and 20th is Washington at 35%. Guess who 21 is? Oh, (laughs) the South Carolina Gamecocks. Ahead of Utah, ahead of TCU, ahead of Wisconsin, ahead of Michigan State. Some of these teams have playoff berths, Chris, you know, and a playoff berth we've seen doesn't guarantee a national title. Doesn't mean you can win a national title. But I would say that, um, you know, anyone who doesn't think, you know, South Carolina is on the come, is on the up, isn't paying attention to the numbers, from 24% to 33% to 39%. Florida State is not a national championship contender, Chris. Uh, I think they're the biggest paper champion in college football, if I'm honest with you. You know, they could have a record of 10-2. and two. And my hope is, Chris, that LSU wipes the floor with them in week one. And then it's kind of like they're like Oregon all year long. Remember Oregon last year? Mm-hmm. They lose to Georgia 50-3. to three, And everyone's like, well... Oregon's eight and one. And we, our memories, we remember the first and the last thing that you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of us were just like, yeah, but nobody wants to see that again. You know, like stop, Rod, stop, Mm -hmm. stop uh, bumping them up the poles. Nobody wants to see that again. So my hope is that LSU does that to Florida State, kind of rendering them running through the ACC kind of meaningless because that was a team, Chris, that was five and three last year in a very, very mediocre conference. You know, they got Brian Kelly and LSU by a point in his first game with a new system and a new quarterback. Uh, the easiest spread to me to bet all summer. I guess I have my LSU colors on today. What am I doing? <laughs> it's, but they might be playing Florida in a big game coming up here or something, man. Um, I, I think that LSU minus one and a half points is the easiest bet that I could make. Florida State, Chris, pre- represents what Buddy Elliott says is the team is the kind of team that's going to break the blue chip ratio at some point. A team may be in the low forties. They're at 39% that has a great quarterback. They've got Jordan Travis. I just think when you look at their line play, man, they're just not there. They're, they're just not there yet. And so 10 and two with losses to LSU and Clemson doesn't impress me when you consider uh, Florida is in shambles and needs to build itself up. Um, and when you consider the other teams on their schedule, now one final point, Chris, the Gator fans better give Billy Napier a chance. You know, this year, Chris, to me, is a wash. And next year is the most difficult schedule that anyone has ever seen. And that's not hyperbole, Chris. Mm-hmm. I had Brad Crawford tell me that yesterday. He said, mm-hmm. this is the most difficult schedule that anyone has ever seen. So what I want to see I asked my, my Florida friends that I went to college with, I said, if Napier goes six and six in year one, seven and five in year two and eight and four in year three, is that good? And they all said he'll be fired in year three. Well, he, he can't be fired in year three, Chris. You got to give him a chance to build it. You've had way too much turn, turnover at head coach. It's been a turnstile, man. 
you know, at head coach, you've got to give him four or five years to build his system and to see if, if he is the guy. Um, and I think it would be a travesty given how he is recruiting and given the culture that he's building to not give him that time. This year is going to be ugly. The Gamecocks should put it on the Gators this year by 20, <laughs> by 20. They should Spencer Rattler against Graham Mertz home game for South Carolina coming off a bye. Are you kidding me, Chris? Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry to ramble, bro. No, I mean, I, I'll say this, Mark, on, on you know, just on the Florida Gators and, and Billy Napier. And I, I know Gamecock fans and SEC fans that are not fans of Florida, they love to sunbelt Billy, right, pick on Billy Napier. But let's not forget, Gamecock fans, I think at one point, at least a good number of them wanted Billy Napier as the head coach of South Carolina. And I think Billy Napier is a quality football coach. And I would say this, I think it'd be a massive mistake for Florida, especially when you look at what he's doing on the recruiting trail. I think it'd be a massive mistake for Florida to have that quick trigger. Cause like you mentioned, Mark, my question would just be for Florida. Where do you go? I mean, what do you do? Who do you hire? Who, who, who is there a, is there a miracle worker out there that you think would come in? And I mean, I think the biggest knock of Napier at this point is Graham Mertz is your quarterback. That stuns me. They didn't get anybody else, but I mean, I think it'd be to your point. I, I just, I'm not a believer unless you've got a guy like Brian Harson or, just a no-brainer, not a fit. Like, you have enough evidence to suggest it's better to pull the plug. I just – I don't love this new age. Like, coaches should still, in my opinion, get four or five years at minimum to just figure it out, build the program. Because, hey, with a transfer portal, you can turn things around really, really quickly. But to build the depth up front that you need, it still takes three to four years, Mark, to get those guys in get them experienced, develop them, and have them ready to play at a high level. Because right now, Mark, I'm doing all these SEC team previews. You know what's a trend I'm noticing? The best teams that I'm talking about, guess what they all have? All five offensive linemen are back. Four of five are back. They've got big, experienced, talented offensive lines. And you can't go build that out of the portal, man. You need time to recruit those guys and develop those guys, and those guys get in the weight room. Those guys don't play as true freshmen. Playing true freshmen up front is a surefire way to have a really bad season in the SEC. So I'm just not a believer, man, in in the quick trigger. And, you know, obviously I'm not a Gator fan by any means, but I think firing Billy Napier after year two would be a massive mistake on the part of Florida. But that's just me. So uh, anyways, Mark, last thing before I get you out of here, Florida LSU in the College World Series National championship. Mark, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you right now, and I know what your answer is going to be. It pains me to know what your answer is going to be. Gators and LSU play on the football field in a regular season game. You said a couple of weeks ago you would take a regular season football win over a national title over the same team. Do you stand by that today on the eve of game one of the College World Series final against LSU? Six days a week and twice on Sunday. (laughs) Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. The national championship. This is what we do to pass the time until football. You realize (laughs) that the baseball team is so good because of the football Uh. month, right? You realize the baseball team is so good. Look, Chris, here is my dilemma. Here's my dilemma. I hate bandwagoners, Chris. I hate bandwagoners. This is the first time I've ever watched the college baseball postseason. I do not feel, and your, your listeners can tell me, and you can tell me whether I have a right to this or not, Chris, I do not feel like I have a right to claim this Florida National Championship that is about to happen because LSU's arms have pitched 23 more innings than the Gator arms have, okay? I don't feel like I've earned the right to claim 
this Florida national championship. I, I don't feel I, because I, I am a bandwagon college baseball fan. So the bandwagon college baseball hackers. There we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoops. Hold on. We we lost you. We lost your audio, Mark. We lost you 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 went out on it for a second. We lost your audio. Where is Mark Ryan's audio? Where in the world is Mark Ryan's audio? Hold on. Maybe let me do this really quickly. Hold on. Maybe it's on me. Maybe it's on me. Have Mark Ryan. Why do I have no Mark Ryan? The college baseball, the the college baseball bandwagoners. Hackers <laughs> hacked Mark. The I really I think true diehard Gator fans just hacked Mark Ryan. I think that's what just happened. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what in the world just happened. Okay, I think Mark's going to try to jump back in here. Okay, here we go. All right, I got you down, you got Mark. Down? Here we go. I think, you know what happened? I think the diehard Gator baseball fans that are tuned into this, I think they just hacked your stream. They're like, get this guy out of here, man. Austin Gregory. <laughs> this is the best audio Mark has had for a while. That, that cracks me up. By the way, I see my guy Daddy in here. Love you, Spurdaddy. Great to, great to see you in here, buddy. I do appreciate it. Spur Daddy's a P1 listener, man. We appreciate it a ton. So, Chris, my question is, Am I allowed to claim the Florida Baseball National Championship when I haven't been a baseball fan until now? And because I hate bandwagon fans, my feeling is um, that I shouldn't get to claim the national championship. I'll be happy if they win, but I've got to, you know, I've got to preach what I'm saying, Chris. I got to reap what I sow. I can't lament all these bandwagon fans and then act like, mm. hey, man, I've been there since day one. You know what I mean? When they win this thing and they are going to win this thing. So, Chris, I'm announcing to you and your audience right now. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I think there's some people in this chat that would claim the national mm. championship, even if they never were college baseball fans before. I don't think I have a right to claim this national championship. I don't. Well, I know you're a big fan card guy, Mark, so I really respect where you're coming from. I mean, I look at it this way. I, I don't know. I mean, you went to Florida. I mean, we talked baseball all season. So, like, I know you didn't keep up with it game by game. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You feel like you're bandwagoning it. But I don't care if you want to claim it. You are a Gator, Mark Ryan. You are a Gator. That's the way I look at it. So There you go. There either you way, go. it should be. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. It should be a great series, and I've been called, believe it or not, a Gator fan because of this, because Florida was my pick going into the College World Series. Florida was an Omaha pick for me at the jump. I don't, I'd don't. i have to look back. I don't think I had Florida winning at all when the tournament started, but when Omaha started, I had Florida winning at all. I felt like their path to get there was the most manageable, and I think what's going to make this series great, Florida's got the advantage on the mound. Their pitching depth's incredible. I think LSU's got the slightly better lineup. But I tell you, great pitching beats great hitting. I'd probably still take Florida to win this series. I think it goes three games, though. But, uh, you know, anyways, Gators are my pick. But I will not give you grief, Mark, if you want to claim it. I, I won't give you any grief. So you got you All got right. my uh, you got my blessing. Either way. You Mark know, Chris, back to your, yeah, back to your question of would you take a regular season win over LSU 
or the college baseball world series. Let me just bring you into my head and my world, Chris. Okay. <laughs> if Florida wins the baseball national championship, I'm slightly more happy than normal for a few days. If Florida beats LSU in football, I have that over people that I talk to for a whole year. Okay. For a whole year. I have a little extra pep in my step talking to you guys because of 34 to six in November. Okay. So you have that over a whole year. Of course, I'd rather have the football, you know, than, than, uh, than anything baseball can give me, but I don't expect a college baseball guy to understand that, you know? Well, and I will, I will say this though, Mark, in closing, the LSU win in football could be the one that turns the tide in the Billy Napier tenure. It very well could be the one. So it'd be a big deal. No doubt. Mark Ryan of the fan upstate offsides, Mark Ryan, Mark, keep up the great work, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk next week. We appreciate you guys live today, 3 to 7 p.m., offsides on the Fan Upstate. Download the Odyssey app if you want to check it out. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Just search the Fan Upstate. You'll find us right there. Top-rated show in the Upstates. Let's make it happen. Thanks, Chris. Mark, I appreciate you, man. Take care. care. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done